Hello and welcome to episode 124 of Three Beers and Movie. I am Richard Laird and I'm with Colin McKay. Colin, lovely to see you back. Hey, I'm back. You're back. Where are we tonight? Uh, in the Raven. Um, at the window seat. Oh, no. Yeah, they tried to try to put us in the corner. Uh, nobody. Nobody puts us in the corner. Nobody puts baby in the corner. No. Um, we're back at our usual regular bright sunny dull winter's day. It's most definitely dull winter's day in Glasgow, yeah. Chris, uh, Christmassy kind of season. Because I've started doing Christmas menus and stuff like that now. So it's, um, it's all happening. It's all seasonal and festive now, isn't it? It's, it's, we, had a, we had a couple of Christmas nights around here as well. Yeah, we have. But it happens quick, doesn't it? It's like, it's like you have Halloween and then it's like 1st of November, Christmas, Christmas, yeah. Christmas. Are you I'm not feeling festive quite yet. No. No, not, not yet. Um, I, I tend not to put my Christmas tree up. I do the kind of 12 days before. Oh. I'm quite traditional. I'll, I'll be with you on that, but Jill insists yeah. we do it on the 1st of December. 1st of No, I like 12 before, 12 after. That's fair enough. I, I, I respect that. Very traditional for a non traditional person. Yeah. But what are you drinking tonight? Uh, Coke. You're on a, you're on I, a I'm, I'm going soft. What are you drinking? I am drinking something called Wayfarer from Atlas Brewery. Ooh. They are from Nairn, which is up in the north of Scotland. Yep. Um, it's an Inverness postcode, but it's not actually anywhere near Inverness. It's just outside, it is. It's is it actually? Yeah. Yeah. You've oh, got okay. relatives over there. Yeah. Nice. Well, that's where it's from. It's nice. It tastes like, I'm going to be able to say it tastes like most Scottish beers. Which is not too fizzy. Not too fizzy. Nice week in that aftertaste. Kind of bitterness. Yeah. 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 Um, but not nice. It's a really nice one. Cool. I really enjoy it. Definitely one you can drink a few of. It's only 4.4%. So, yeah, no, I like it. It's a session drink. It's a nice colour though as well. It is a lovely colour. Yeah. It is, but it's got that typical Scottish, no frothy head on it, it's not, not a big, big frothy the, head at all. The gentleman was pouring it, I think he's new in the, the Raven. Which is why it took you so long getting served. Well, well I was talking about um, baseball and hockey as well, but ah. he, not as a pause it, he does the thing where he skims the top off of it, you know, and, ah. does that, and he ah. washes the glass down with the water and stuff oh, like that. Oh, i seen someone doing that Which last week in a bar and I was like, what the fuck? You tend to only get in either very classy bars or people who are trying to get a very good impression in the first couple of weeks. Yeah. I, I'm not really, I think that's more of a first impression kind of guy. But it's a nice wee touch, but you're like, dude, you don't need to. Just, I know, just I, give me the fucking drink. Exactly. Oh, you know. People who take beer very seriously do it. Like when you go to um, like Brewdog, they wash the glass. You know, they do the thing yeah, where they yeah. wash it every time before you put anything in it. I'm like, you, you could rim that shit and I'll still drink I've it. Heard, yeah, yeah, I've, give me yeah. the fucking beer. I know that's been drank out by 90 different people. Oh, I have no problem with that. Today. Yeah. Today, <laughs> yeah. So, but um, it was nice of me to do it anyway. So it, it would be lovely, I'm sure. Um, yeah, so drinking that. Um, we'll move on to our usual Mike on Mike. Mike on Mike. Um, now, lucky you didn't miss much because the weeks you were off, not many games because the uh, weather. Oh, well, yeah. that's going to happen, isn't it? Because these guys are pretty much playing on a fucking ash pitch inside the school. It's not dissimilar to that, yes. Yeah. It's, the weather will have a great effect on this game <laughs> over the next few weeks. But I think non-league football, low-league football, should always go to like sort of a summer schedule. Mm. That you know, go from maybe that like, would make sense. Maybe go from like March to October. Because you always kind of see that in the kind of news, don't you? Like between like December and February, it's just. Low leagues cancelled, cancelled, cancelled. Can, yeah. Game after game after game. Yeah, exactly. But have they played any games since? They have played one game. They played against New Mills. Oh. Which is not New Mills in Ayrshire. It's a different team called New Mills. Mills. Two words. Two words. Not Two one words. word like it is in Ayrshire. Um, they drew four each, which is not a great result because New Mills are pretty low in the league. Okay. But, but we were down four-two. Right. With our goalie was sent off in the first ten minutes. Oh. We had no and we had no backup goalies. We had a guy from like. Defence, playing, playing goals, goals. Or whatever. Somebody, yeah. some supporter do it. Get in, and they managed to snatch a four-four draw in the final minute of the game. That's just so did their man Mike score? I didn't score no. Oh Mike, but integral to the team. This, team this is when Mike could have done his escape to victory. But earlier on, do you know what I mean? This, was, this could have been his moment. In, but I think it shows a real team spirit. It does. Take him back from fights. We, we don't goalkeeper. That's fucking that is insane. really impressive. That, that's like you, you, you relate to this. Um, Playing old school FIFA '95, where you would just throw your goalie out there and everybody would charge up. Yes, and stuff like that. Yeah, thing, yeah, just madness or that. You're not a goalkeeper. Yeah, you're not a goalkeeper. And the fact is, a guy who never played goals before just managed to do well. It could have been a slot and said it was a, a hard fought, a hard fought draw. Draw, yeah. We'll go. Yeah. We'll take that. Well done, Magic Mike. Yes. I'm sure you assisted <laughs> in several goals. I'm Absolutely. sure. Sure. Um, but I've not watched much at home. So what have you watched at home? You want to discuss? Okay, so I've watched a few things, a few things at home. Um, just before I, I'll start with home viewings. Um, so, um, I had some bad news. Okay. Um, old man passed away. Yes. Um, and I was a bit glum about that. Um, so, Lorraine, my better half, suggested let's watch some movies to try and cheer you up. And nice. She failed miserably. Okay. I'll tell you when in a second. Just a wee quick eulogy. You said that you watched like Schindler's List and stuff, didn't you? <laughs> 
Almost. Well, <laughs> just stuff that angered me more than cheered me up. It was meant to be a like light watching and instead it was like angry. Yeah. Um, just a, a quick eulogy to my old man. Um, he, he passed away and he was like the man that made me the lovable geek that I am. Um, introduced me to comic books when I was seven years old, 2008, Judge Dredd. Um, oh, nice. Massive Star Wars fan, too. Yeah. Star Wars when I was a wee kid. And Musician stuff like as well. Musician as well, yeah. And all, all the sci fi nonsense that's in my head, that's all him as well. Nice. So he's, he's the man that molded me. Um, so rest in peace, old Oh, definitely. Um, so, uh, Lorraine McKillop insisted, first of all, that I watched Sense and Sensibility. <laughs> Ang Lee Sensibility. Ang Lee, which I didn't know no, Ang Lee okay. had written. This is Ang a breakthrough um, English language film. I, I was genuinely surprised and I was like, do you know what? I'm, I'm in because it's Ang Lee. Kieran um, Knightley? No, uh, Emma Thompson. Uh, Emma Thompson, yes, Emma Thompson, and um, oh, was it Keira Knightley? I think it's Keira Knightley. Yeah, possibly Keira Knightley. Um, lots of lots of British people on it. Lots and lots of British British people on it. Okay. Um, Hugh Grant, stuff obviously like that. Hugh Grant. Um, n- not a bad film. No, um, quite well made, and the, the story's quite kind of fun and stuff like that. Um, Kate Winslet. Kate Winslet. What angered me greatly was that at the end of this story. Oh, and uh, what's what's her man? Um, Alan Rickman as well, Rickman who, as well. who was wonderful in it. Yeah. Tom Wilkinson as well. Tom Wilkinson. Um, it really angered me because at the end of this film, I don't even remember not, but it's like Hugh, Hugh Grant gets the girl, right? And I'm like, he's a dick. He's a cad. This whole film, he's he's been engaged yeah, to some. It's based on a book, man. I, so you I, can't really change it. No, I, I, but I'm like, no. And Lorraine's like, no, but you know, like it wasn't his fault. I'm like, no, fuck that. He was a cad all the way through it. So we end up in a discussion <laughs> about the morals and morality of sense and which I don't okay. think was the intention right um, but yeah I was quite outraged at how it all worked out nicely for the bastard at the end of the film which is a, I imagine back in as you said, like 1800s yeah? yeah yeah. I imagine that's how it always worked out for the bastard over the next yeah, year yeah he kind of you know he, he, he got to you know be engaged to somebody else and then, then he'd be all happy and kind of love his life and I was like fuck you you Grant fuck you and Lorraine was like you've misunderstood this film yeah, and I was like no yeah. fucking not my moral compass okay, so that's, is telling so far, me I was a mess to try and cheer you up. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we watched um, Crazy Stupid Love. I love Crazy Stupid which Love. Which I have never seen. I um, love it. That did cheer me up immensely. Because, you know why? Marissa Tommy, what is fucking um, it? What I found You're great You're just moving over Marissa Tommy, uh, innit? No, she, she was good, she, she was, she's old. Marissa Tommy, aren't we? We all love yeah, Marissa. Yeah, she's do, amazing. Do, yeah. Uh, and the wrestlers, she's great, the wrestlers. Great never from Marissa Tommy. I was expecting a, a full-out laugh fest. And it's actually quite. It's got darkness to it. D- yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah. Like you know, there is a weight here. It's basically a film that's following like sort of three different couples at different stages of relationships. Aye, and then it all combines in the end. So, quite so unexpected. Like you don't a, really see it coming as well. Almost like a sort of like a, a dark love, actually, in some ways. Uh, which I still I've not seen. That's the same idea. It's like all these different stories all basically combined towards and the it end. Just goes. Yeah. But I was really, I was almost ready for like almost like kind of hangover kind of comedy yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? and I sat down and it, it kind of starts and it just it, you know there is a proper like stuff happens and it's like serious stuff mm-hmm. and it's like you know you feel the pain of the characters and yeah. stuff like that and the cast is it's quite a state of the cast isn't it um, you've got Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone um, which obviously is where their chemistry from La La Land came from I think so yeah they've, they've done this before Steve Carell was in there as well Steve Carell um, Julianna Moore Julianna Moore as well so really really good cast and um, and I'm surprised Kevin, Bacon. Kevin Bacon's in there as well, who gets punched in the nose um, <laughs> as Kevin Bacon deserves to be. But um, it, it was funny, um, and a lot of the humour's subtle and it just kind of slides yeah. in there. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, there was a kind of darkness to that as well, which I wasn't expecting. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't a failed attempt to kind of lift my mood, yeah. but it wasn't quite the, the barrel of laughs I was. But it is funny. But it is funny, it is funny yeah. but it's dark and horrible mm. as well. But really good. I don't know why I'd missed this and it just went over. I've never seen the cinema and I've got it and I remember buying it in, I think I might have a DVD and Blu-ray actually. Um, but yeah, I, I remember really liking this film. Yeah. It wasn't aimed specifically at me, I don't think. Um, but no, I, I really liked it. It's quite intelligent as well. It it's quite well written. You know, it, it doesn't kind of pander to you. You know, it doesn't spoon feed you and uh-huh. stuff like that. Um, you know, and yeah, it kind of doesn't leave any kind of hard morals as well. Jim, yeah. it lets you, you know, decide for yourself who's the heroes and stuff like that as well. But it's interesting, do you know who wrote it? Who wrote it? A guy called Dan Fogelman. I know that name. Why didn't you're thinking of the guy from um, Dan Fogel? I'm thinking of. No, you're yeah. thinking of the, the 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 baker guy from Fantastic Beasts. It's not him. But what he is, he's a writer of, a, of one of your favourite Disney films. It's from Tangled. Oh, is it? Yeah. Ah. So now I think it makes sense why you liked his 
his dynamic yeah. and his and style. Why I like Tangled because yeah. Tangled is fucking great. Yeah. So I watched that as well, um, and that showed me up. Um, I also wrote Danny Collins as well. Remember with Danny Collins, Al Pacino is the lounge singer. Yes. I think yes. they both like that. That's film. quite a nice film, Danny yeah. Collins as well. Um, and the last one on the home viewings was um, What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Why? To cheer you up? What the fuck was that about? No, <laughs> that, that was kind of after cheering me up. That right, was just. Bring you back down again? We've got a pile of DVDs to get right, okay. through, and we're just basically going. What I wasn't taught. Right, what film? Because it's one of those ones you remember watching thinking I really like that film, but when you watch it again, I think you're maybe older and you kind of know what you're watching and it just gives you more again. I think it's one of those films that you watch it and it gives. Every, it every, just gives and gives and gives. You maybe should one of the films you watch every 10 years to get a different understanding yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah and it just gives. Um, obviously, the most talked about thing about it is DiCaprio's performance. Really? I think, yeah, what, his performance was fucking wow. Um, I don't think the Capri's best young performance is the one he done with. Basketball Diaries, you thinking? Is, is Bill Gilbert getting the De Niro in it? No, no, no. No, is one, one like um, This Boy's Life or something he's in with De Niro? Uh, De a... Yeah, yeah, no, um, this is the one where he plays, he's like the kind of retard. Right, okay. Yeah, Did uh, he go full retard? No, but do you know what he, he does? It? I mean, he was only 19, I believe, at this point when he did really? this. Really? Yeah. No, I can't be as old as that. Yeah, yeah, 19 years old. He was only 19 when he made Titanic. I've researched it, he's 19. Okay, um, fair enough. He was, was just 19, and what what a role. I mean, look, wow, he, he convinces at no point are you watching him thinking, like, obviously you're about DiCaprio, but uh-huh. you're immersed in the character. His DiCaprio doesn't overshadow the character that he's playing. Right, uh, which is rare to do for, for such a, young a big, big and such a, such a kind of brand name as well, especially now. Um, Johnny Depp was outstanding. Correct, yeah, definitely. Yeah, Johnny Depp outstanding in that as well. Juliet Lewis is probably the weakest link in it. Really? Yeah. Do you remember? Do you remember it? What's he going about? I can only vaguely recall it. Right, Juliet Lewis is. I find her very hit and miss because she is quite droll, and I, I, that's her style. Um, so Aubrey Plaza, but it works for Plaza all the yeah, time. Yeah, I'm trying to think of Juliet Lewis films that I like her in. Like, I like her in Dusk Till Dawn. But she's droll. Yeah. But I'm a think. Gamely so because her character's a teenager in that movie. Uh-huh. Um, Juliet Lewis, Natural Born Killers? Yeah, I like her in that. She's in that as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there's a few, I'm thinking of Juliet Lewis, I think there's a lot more films I see her in and I go, oh, you could be anyone, You're not, you don't really yeah. stand out enough to me. Yeah. Yeah, um, um, and this was the film that had the mum, and it was the the, the big, big, lady. big lady who was lifted from an Oprah Winfrey show. She was on Oprah, really, and that's where they got. She wasn't an actress. Um, uh, yeah, she was on Oprah, and they, they kind of seen her on that and thought we need her for the character in this movie as, as well. Um, but yeah, just kind of viewing it again after you know not seeing it so long, it, it just kind of gives and gives and gives. And I would recommend to anyone that's not if you haven't seen it, first of all, watch yes. it because it's it's a Truly, is a special film, and if you have seen it, watch it again, and you will get a different understanding of it as well. We have, you know, when we last discussed this film on this podcast, when? episode one, did we? Because we the, guy who, the guy who directed this is Lassie Halstrom, who directed that film we saw the, the dog story or something, the one you know, a dog's purpose. Oh, the one with Dennis Quaid? Uh huh. Yeah, so he directed that as well. I've got that one the first one we discussed. He's a good director, yeah, <laughs> um, so yeah, I would, I would urge you yourself then to revisit it if you've got such vague memories. It really is a Thoughtful, thoughtful, beautifully made film. Yeah. yeah, it's got a sadness in it that will get under your skin, but. Maybe one of us have to revisit. I've been revisiting the film quite a lot recently, so maybe yeah. one of us will I think you should definitely. You got it. You will. You will. Have it. Maybe have it. Maybe I'm I'll have sure, to find it on a streaming service, possibly. I'm sure you do. Um, that's my home viewings, all than the usual. Fairly Rock, season six now. There's a decline, isn't there? Almost finished. Yeah, it's kind of went a wee bit. Almost finishing, and um, eventually, after two years now, finished off Flight of the Concords. I made it to halfway through the second season yeah. um, and over the last couple of days I finished it off. Enjoyable? So me. Have you seen it? Yeah. No. Very enjoyable, especially now that what we're doing in Shadows and Tight, he's got this kind of, you know, he's well yeah. known now and stuff. Is like he that. in it? Is he one of the guys in it? Or is he he's not in it, he directs several of them. Is Jermaine Clement in it? Is that Jermaine guy? and Brett McKenzie. Brett. Yeah, they're, they're, they're the Who's kind Brett of... McKenzie? Is he in any of the Shadow films and stuff? Is he in any of the kind of movies? Uh, no, he's probably biggest role is he, he, he had a very brief role in one of the, the Hobbit films. He was like right, a guard okay. that opened the door. Right, okay. um, but Jermaine Clement is, is they're, they're, it's really funny. Uh-huh. Um, it's also got um, Reese Derbick in it as well. He is in all the characters. He's a werewolf. He, yeah, werewolf and he's also werewolf. in Jumanji. He's at the... Yes, yeah, and the, the episode. Yeah, yeah, he's really, really funny. So, no, I would recommend you. You would like it a lot. Okay. It's because it's got that New Zealand wackiness about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you really watch it and you think, yeah, I kind of get it. Especially in the Hidesabi 
so much focus being on what we're doing in the shadows and four and stuff like oh. that now, do you know what I mean? They've all got that kind of sneaky, subversive humour yes, they've got yeah. there. So this has got that in battle. We'll you, you need to borrow it, I've got it. You're welcome to borrow it, sir, as well. Lovely. Um, so that's my home viewings. Now, you have watched a couple of things at the cinema that I've not seen, or you want to talk about because you've seen them we talked about them recently. Ah. First one is Zombieland, Double Tap. Yeah. So we talked about it a couple of weeks ago with Barry. Barry hadn't seen it. Oh. Um, I had seen it. I, I gave it a very solid 7 out of 10. Mm. I would give it an 8 out of 10. Okay. Yeah, yeah, completely happy with it. Um, thought it was really funny. Constant gags, constant jokes, constant laughs. Um, we spoke about this off mic, but I thought it was better than the first one. Just I because it was highly, more yes. polished than they knew what I they think, had to work with. I think that makes it less enjoyable. Not less good, but less so. It, it, that made it feel a little bit, not stale, but it did feel like I'd seen it before. Yeah. And I think I've seen everything that's in Zombieland 2 and Zombieland 1. Oh, yeah. But yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. It was all very enjoyable. I, I, was, I was comfortable with the characters, comfortable with the world yeah. yeah. Enjoyed it. I really liked the addition of the one... Rosario. Oh, no. Uh, yeah. I've got her name. I can't remember her name. Another thing. Zoe Dush, I think. Yeah. yeah she, I thought she was phenomenal. I thought everything she was on screen, she was so funny. She really did, did light up. Rosario Dawson was good as well. She's also she badass. Was a proper she's badass. badass. She's she's Becoming such a solid, solid actress, isn't she? Oh, she just pops up in things, and you're just like, yeah. Um, she only just pops up and stuff. I'd like to see her get more, yeah. like, more work, like proper, like leading role, because she deserves them. Because yeah. she's so good at everything. She's, she she's brilliant. You know, she's <laughs> all. I, I, whenever she's in something, you look forward to to watch because yeah. she's in it. She's become that type of actress. Yeah. But no, it, it, it was great. It's, I was feeling down when I watched it. It totally cheered me up and. It's a good Friday night film. Definitely. It's a few beers, a yeah. few friends around, you'll have a laugh. Exactly. And, it's a good, and I think you could probably watch two of them in a double pack. Yeah. You know, if you watch Gremlins 1 and 2, you watch Zombie yeah, 1 and 2. Easily, that easily. It's sort of a good kind of double punch for that for a, yeah. a drunken Friday night. Yeah. Um, so you enjoyed it. Um, next one up is, I've not seen it, but you have seen it, it's Countdown. Countdown. Um, Directed by Justin Deck, who's his featured debut. Um, I'm going to tell you the cast in it, but I'm assuming these people are not known by anyone. I don't so think Elizabeth Lale, who was in Once Upon a Time in... Once Upon a Time, the TV show. Uh, Jordan Calloway, Peter Finale, maybe the f- most famous he's a guy who's a, the dad in Twilight, like the sort of the dad of the vampires in right. Twilight. Uh, and also Talia Eliana Bateman, I think, who is not related to Jason Bateman. No. Oh, okay. everyone, should be, everyone called Bateman should be related <laughs> to Jason. He, he should be the um, So what's the basic premise of this film is? Um, Bunch of kids download an app that counts down and tells you when you're going to die, so you'll die in 70 years, two days, Aye. four hours. Um, one girl downloads it, says you're going to die in two hours, she's walking home, she dies. Okay. Um, her friends, her boyfriend is counting down for two days, he dies, and then one of the other friends starts to think, shit, I'm going to die, because um, it's killing everyone. So if you don't download it, would you still die? No, because you did, doesn't tell you. The, the app tells you when you're going to die, basically. Aye, so aye. It's basically Final Destination, it's knowing what's coming up. Uh, uh, this, this is what this film has been compared to so many times, and there's so many people saying it and reading reviews about it, saying, and it is very much in the vein of Final Destination. Okay. But it's done quite well. Um, okay. Again, horror films, as we've said before, a horror film is that, you know, there's a few exceptions, but otherwise, horror films are quite. You don't go and see them for the fucking acting and the story. I mean, you go and see them because you want to see people get butchered and chopped up and stuff like that. In terms of that, it's quite tame. It's I think over in America, these kind of films seem to be aimed at. Like a PG kind of maybe not PG but sort of definitely what you think it's between 12 and 15 year olds and they want aye, to aye, that, that's American so they can't be bloody they can't be too violent yeah. you, you see you think you see more than you actually see yeah. whereas the ones that sort of and they get a big release it's the ones that are sort of the more ones that we like like It Follows and The Witch and yeah. Green Room and stuff like that they seem to have much lower budget and a much lower release and they don't really seem to quite as many mm-hmm. because they sort of they don't have the, the, the power behind them but they're yeah. the ones that generally do scare yeah, yeah but no this is aimed um, squarely at that audience um, Aye, it's the audience who go out in a cinema on a Friday night or yeah. a Saturday afternoon and see it and get paid in the arse of cinema um, lots of jump scares mm. um, do that music thing where you just rock yeah. yeah. bad creature effects yeah. monsters kind of makeup and shit like that um, nothing too gory in terms of deaths a couple of creepy bits in it you know the, the kind of usual looking up it's not very yeah. nice um, but as a story itself it was talking about it doesn't labour at all it's uh, really fast it's like 90 minutes long isn't it it goes yeah. I mean it, it doesn't let up either it doesn't take too long to get into the story and once it gets in there 
just rolls on. Um, the priest character in it was actually quite funny. Yeah, the um, family failure. Yeah, he gives you the comment relief in it. He's actually funny. He's quite funny in the trailer as well. Yeah. They give him a bit more to do in the film. Not, yeah. It's not that big part, but yeah. he's, kind of, he's funny in it as well. But uh, I quite enjoyed it. Um, for a wee horror film, six. Are you going to see that on Halloween or do you go and see it? Uh, no, I think I went to see it before. I was just sitting bored in the house yeah. and figured I'd better go out and. Cheer myself up. So we going to see a horror film? Yeah. I haven't seen like any horror films at cinema over over the over the Halloween period. I watched them at home. I watched a bunch at home. What did you watch at home? What was your Halloween film? Showed Jill the Omen for the first time. How good is the Omen? She was she wasn't a bit, but I, I forgot how brilliant the death of David Warner is. Yes, that's a yes. great death. You seen the second one, the Omen too? No, but I have seen. I have. I, I must have seen it, but I can't remember it. I do remember Omen three though with Sam Neill. So the second one's the best. Is it seriously? Yeah? See, I would say that one of those rare occasions where number two is, wow, the pinnacle. It's fucking stunning. I did question how Gregory Peck's wife is at least 30 years younger than him for most of the film. I've read once Gregory Peck. Gregory Peck. He's got more money than since. Yes. Um, I think is, is what's implied. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I've, I've not watched Omen in a long time and I really enjoyed Omen again. Um, the nanny and the dog are creepy as fuck. Nanny is creepy yeah. as hell. Uh, it sets up a menace, that's what it does. Ah. It, 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 it's slow, it's not a fast film. Oh, no, it's no. just slow. And the moments it's of slow. violence in it are very brief and very quick. Yeah. Um, to the point where you're sort of like, I didn't even notice that happening. Yeah. Um, or even, you, it's sort of like done and that's it there. It, it, it's this continuing threat of menace. Even though the priest running through the, the park and the wind blowing and stuff yeah. like that, that's pretty it's creepy. Horrible. But it's, it's, it's a wee kid, he's a wee horror. He's yeah. like, oh, right. and that bit at the end when he's just the wee smile. And you're like, and you're like oh, 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 um, the second one um, is he older than the second he's one? He's older, I don't know if it's the same guy or not. Right, okay. um, Probably not, I think we know a couple of Whoever it is, he kind of plays this, he's got that same kind of, oh, you wee shit about him. Do you know what I mean? And the third one, Sam Neill was playing him as well. Sam Neill yeah, yeah, which is, kind of get Sam Neill gets overlooked for that, doesn't he? It was a good role. A good role. He, he plays one of Sam Neill's almost, I wouldn't say breakthrough role, but one of the ones that he's sort of got him a bit of attention. Yeah, definitely. That one and the one he done in Denmark when he plays like the, the king or something. It's like Macbeth, but it's not Macbeth. Apparently shown in Denmark or Norway every single Christmas. Yeah. And he always gets his like, Twitter lights up. People are loving Samuel in this oh, film. Well, can't remember cool. the name of it now, but it's like some properly either big Scandinavian legend. He was, he was in this film. And Samuel? Samuel was the main guy in it, yeah. Um, but yeah, watch, watch the second one. Um, it is the, 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 the three films. There are three good films, but the second one stands shoulders. Fair enough. I will definitely try that De- one out. Definitely. What else um, did you watch? I know you always watch a couple um, of horrors. I did watch a lot of horrors. I can't remember what we watched. It. I showed you all the Shining. We've watched the screen before screen through films. Um, I think that's about it, wasn't it? Watched a few. Um, that, was, uh, that was sort of the main ones we watched. In fact, I'm having a week think this now. Did you watch The Shining in preparation for? Kind of, yes. Doctor which Sleep. we'll talk about later on. Yep. Um, but yes, I did watch The Shining again. I watched the screen four films, right? The first two screen movies are phenomenally good. Yeah. You forget how clever and how, how much everything since then has been sort of based on that yeah the, the second two victims of their own success perhaps three still got its charm mm. four less so I'm not yeah. really a fan of four but the one and two are genuinely brilliant movies which ones are James Earl Robin three, one, three um, but I know the, the, the rest are absolutely phenomenal the first two because like, yeah. it's Craven deconstructing what he did before yeah. but essentially in the template for the next 20 odd years of horror yeah you know which is, yeah. and which is to do that in one film is, is, is genuinely amazing and the fact that the second one's almost taking the piss out of the first one, but still being very funny and clever when it's doing, doing it, that, yeah, it's yeah. so, it's just, it's very few guys could do that. They know exactly where they are, they uh-huh. they're just, you know, we're, we've got a niche here, and we'll play to that niche, we're not going to. Yes. Uh, we don't do that with you, but I watched um, Pet Cemetery, the original Pet Cemetery. It's a great film. Far superior to the, to the new remake. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, Dale Midkiff, his dad, plays grief well. Yeah. Um, Denise Crosby. You know, oh, I do. Star Trek, Tasha, yeah. oh my god. Um, the wee boy's creepy as well, yes. isn't he? Um, the ghost is perfect. What's the ghost name again? Jill Nearest. Is he the ghost man? But he's, a much, he's, he's much more of a. He's a presence in this film. Yeah, yeah, but the boy that's playing him as well. He's much better. Yeah, and I think that's how he's used in the book as well, whereas with a new one, he was just such an irrelevant part of the movie. I always felt like a pointless part of the story. Yeah, yeah. Like Shoehorned in, um, and the cat is horrible as well. Cat is Churchill. Yeah, you seen the second one, seventy two. No, but I've got it in the house to watch. Worth watch watching it. as well. Not as good as, but it's still a story. And a Herman Munster as well. He plays. Um, he gets fucking. Peter Pascoe. Pascoe. Victor Pascoe. Pascoe. They call him Pascoe. Pascoe. Uh, no, I could understand him. The. Um, uh, oh, you, you it time. Yeah. 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 That, that um, me. Um, so I watched that. I also watched two thousand one Maniacs. 
I've never seen it. Which is um, Jill Loves. Is that reason, Robert England? Yes, for some reason Jill loves this completely grotesque horror film. I don't know why she likes it, but she likes this film. It's gory as hell, it makes no sense. It's just it's Is this the one where there's a child born of an that was raped by maniacs or nothing? No, a different else? film. Basically it's like these kids that are on down southern south, like USA, they went to a town and there's still very civil war. It looks like a civil war reenactment, but it turns out they might still be in the civil war and they sort of basically butchering the kids and hunting them down and Oh, yeah. for sport. Okay. Okay. Very dumb, but Jill seems to really enjoy it for some reason. Um, I watched the 2004 Dawn of the Dead. Oh, the Big Dreams. Which is a very good remake. Uh, it's the bit where they hold up the cards. It's very clever. Well, well, the whole film is, you watch, uh, is it's a very good remake. Yeah. yeah. Um, what else we watch? We watch Shane, I told you about. We watch Bubble Hotep. Love Bubble Hotep. Yeah, Bubble Hotep. Uh, well, Evil Dead 2, which is my Bubble favourite. Bubble Hotep's slow. People, I think people go expecting to see... Well, it doesn't really wrap up the last 15 minutes. Yeah, and it is. It's a so thoughtful film. Yeah. Do you know I mean? There's so much that it's not just... You know, it's not Bruce Campbell. It's not the you think it would be. No, yeah. no, but it just, it just built this thought in there and there's a depth to it that, you yeah. know, when you watch it, you're like, fuck me, you know, that, that yeah. was a performance. They really went for it. Yeah. Uh, Evil Dead 2, which is my favourite horror film. One of my favourite horror films. One of my favourite films yeah. of all time. And it's amazing. Yeah. I think I prefer... The Evil Dead one is a straight out horror film. The two is amazing. Two, Campbell. Campbell's a, I took the four, Campbell and Raimi together in that film yeah. are just beyond belief. Yeah, that man throws himself about ah. like no one's business. The scene when he's like, his hand comes alive and he smashes his yeah. head, that is just a great scene. Yeah. Just as um, Pratt Falls go, he's amazing. one of the best. Yeah. As a tradition on, on Halloween, I watched the American Wolf in London. You do like that, Love yeah. that film. And um, we also watched that night, we watched What We Do in the Shadows, because that's one of the films we have watched at least twice a year now. Yeah. And um, we also watched Adam's Family Values. You've watched a lot of horror. I watched Adam's Family, I watched the first one. You watched the second one? Both yeah. are brilliant. Yeah. It's just the enthusiasm that Ralph Julia puts in, and the jackets, they really go for it as Morticia and Gomez. And well, me and Stuart texted me this, we're going, is that the most perfectly cast film you can think of? I can't think of anyone in that film who's miscast. Yeah, in terms, yeah, as like, beautifully cast. Can um, I think of. Like um, Angelica Houston, I think of her as Letitia. Yeah. When um, I think of um, Christina Ricci, I think of her as she's Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah. Same with um, who is it, Raul Gomez. Raul Julia. Yeah. Julia, I think of him, he is Gomez. That's uh, and Christopher it, Lloyd, yeah, has grown out of one being... I still think of him as Doc Brown. Do you? Yeah. But he is a fantastic professor. He's professor, isn't he? Yeah. I would say perfect casting, yeah. Reservoir um, Dogs. Tarantino, generally, Tarantino, yeah, 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 it's okay. probably the closest to getting films that are just, well, generally. yeah, but, but yeah, um, what was the, the recast, didn't they, with <coughs> Daryl Hannah and Tim Curry, I want to say, when, Adam's Family, something else, it's called after these ones, um, Daryl Hannah plays Morticia, oh, and Tim Curry's comments, I um, don't know, know who plays the kids and stuff like that, it's not, it doesn't have any of the charm yeah. at all, it, it just falls flat, yeah. um, which is a shame, because I, I like Daryl Hannah, um, yeah. And Tim Curry, Jesus Christ, you know, I'm yeah. sure it's Tim Curry, we love Tim Curry, but no, it just, it just never. Really. The second one is that great moment when um, they make Wednesday watch Disney films mm-hmm. and they make her smile, and it just, <laughs> it's, not, it's the most grotesque, horrible thing in the world. Ah, it's just brilliant. For, it's just, I love the, the sword fights and the uh-huh. passion with him and, yeah. and her together, do you know what I mean? Monsieur, and it's, they just, it, they just give it everything, they just, they're yeah. so committed. Like, and you like Houston in that film. And, like when she's like talking to Joan Cusack and it's like the murder, the, the betrayal, I can forgive that, but really, pastels. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> well, well played, sir. Good, good watch. Good bunch of horror films. Anyway, move on to some cinema stuff. Some cinematics. So, up first is a film that's been out a couple of weeks, but we've only managed to get, I've only managed to see it, you've been um, otherwise engaged, so we'll talk about it now, which is Terminator Dark Fate. Directed by Tim Miller, who directed Deadpool. So, you like Deadpool? We do like Deadpool. Um, so this is the sixth instalment of the franchise. Yes. This one ignores Rise and ignores Salvation and ignores Genesis, Genesis and mostly fucking <coughs> ignores T2, which is slightly to my annoyance. Um, hey, we'll get to that. And it, uh, the TV show. <laughs> the TV show. Uh, so this is this is Cameron's sequel to T2. Essentially, yes. Yeah. yeah. By, by also shitting on T2. Um, so the plot of this film is that. So you've seen the Terminator, the plot of this film. Is a Terminator. Is there's, a, there's a new Terminator <laughs> that is, lands yeah. and it's hunting a different person, not John Connor this time, it's hunting yeah. a, a, a girl. Uh, there's another Terminator who's not a Terminator, she's actually sort of like an enhanced human who yeah. sent back time to stop it. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, Sarah Connor turns up to try and help him out. Yeah. Um, and along the way, they meet Army. Yeah. And that's Pre- essentially pre- it. Pretty much. Pretty much you, it, yeah. You've summed it up. Um, so yeah. Like I said, you've got Linda Hamilton playing Sarah Connor. She's back in the role for the first time yeah. in what, 20 odd years, it must mm-hmm. be. Yeah. Yeah. Aye. Um, Arnie's back playing Arnie. 
And you've got Mackenzie Davis, who was in Tully. She's playing the good Terminator. Yeah. You've got Natalia Reyes playing the sort of the, 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 the John Connor role. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and you've got Gabriel Luna from Agents of Shield, who playing he's, the Terminator. He's playing the Terminator. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll, be, I'll be nice. Things I like for this film. Okay. Mackenzie Davis, I thought she was awesome. Outstanding, best thing yeah, in it. I thought she was fantastic. She, she, if it wasn't for her, Jesus. I lost her interest. I thought she, she brought a real character, like a real sort of like a weight to the film. A real yeah. kind of, and weirdly, a real lot of, I know she's not a robot technically, she brought a lot of humanity to the role yeah, as well. Definitely. And she definitely when I engage with the most in the film. But she can act as well. Yeah, totally. Yeah. She, she emotes really, really well. Yeah. Um, I'd never really seen her in much. Um, and I was totally, yeah, exactly the same as you. It was like, you know, she was. She's, she's a star. Eye catching. Yeah, yeah. Um, I really enjoyed Arnie for what he done in the film. Mostly. Yeah, I get, yeah he's, he's Arnie playing Arnie. What, yeah. what was his name on it again? The Terminator? It wasn't Victor, was it? it was something Clive like, or something? Something like that, yeah, yeah. Mental, yeah. Um, I actually quite like Natalia, Natalia Reyes in it as a film as well. Playing I thought she was thrown dead. I thought she played the victim pretty well. I thought yeah. she, and yeah. I liked the way her character grew to an extent. Yeah. I enjoyed that. Okay. Um, and I really enjoyed maybe the first hour. Like the action in the first hour yeah. from like the moment this Terminator's land yeah. to the point where they like so, kinda when that story kinda almost to the point after they meet Army and they go and sort of like they to try and kill the other Terminator. Yeah. yeah. I kinda almost, at that point I felt like it was just sort of it felt like a series of CGI sections that I really didn't really care where it ended up. I was kinda get bored at that point. But the yeah. first hour I was kinda like, actually, I'm actually quite enjoying this. So Matty Connor is um I think it's the Terminator film that we never needed or wanted. Agreed. Um, it, it, it does nothing original at all. Nothing at all. D- I mean, d- d- everything Even the main chase in the film is essentially a rip-off of T2. Yeah, yeah. But not anywhere near as good. Yeah, um, even kind of, you know, where the fights end up and stuff like yeah. that. I've seen that before. Seen that before. So oh, yeah, it ends up in like a sort of a kind of furnace place, doesn't it? Again, the same idea. Yeah, everything yeah. about it is yeah. just lifted from T1, T1 and T2. Even... The dialogue, yep. do you know what I mean, and stuff like that as well. And it's a shame um, because, let's say, we've been quite happy just not ever having the movie. See if it was an action movie, mm. you know, called fucking Robot Killer, Bastard Robots. Yeah, yeah. it would have been a brilliant film. Yeah. Tag Terminator on it, you give it an expectation, and that's just yeah. I'm with you though. The, yeah. That's one of the things I dislike about it was it's so nostalgia heavy. Yeah. And the same way Jesus, that I think, yeah, yeah. the same reason I think. Because you're a lover of Star Wars, you love The Force Awakens because yeah. it basically does all that was reference to all two films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is again, it's just it all that was reference to all two films. I'm like going, eh, I'm, I'm, I need more than that. Yeah. Um, the, I hated with a passion that they had the, the Linda Hamilton Sarah Connor video at the start of the film. Yeah. But no, I don't mind the video being there, but the fact that Interlock cut the logos of like production companies in with that. Mm. Like, yeah, just let it play. Let, let it play. Give, give it its respect. Ah, what did you think of her performance? I didn't. I like her as I like her as Sarah Connor, but yeah. the film yeah. itself, she's the bent over backwards to get in the film that she seems completely superfluous to the movie. Like, all, you take her out of the film, it's the same film. Yeah, I also think as well, like in terms of character evolution, that's not how Sarah Connor would have turned out. I don't think. You don't think so? No, I just I'm watching and thinking you're you're too abrasive and mean spirited and. You're not how I thought Sarah Connor would have been. Yeah. Um, I don't know, maybe I just think that, but you know, I wouldn't have made all that character that was a movie. Too mean spirited? I just too rough. They, they do take a different direction with what happens during this film, which mm-hmm. I, that thing I know, the bit to start the film when they basically alien three the whole film. Sure. That basically that fucked sure. me off. That basically, yeah. just, that basically says everything you were excited about in T2 and everything you were watching in T2 now does not matter. Yeah. I totally, I totally, it's all shit. Uh huh. The fact that that happened in the T2, within a week of that happening, it doesn't matter. And also, as well, they've done that, but they never bothered to delve into how that affected anything. Uh-huh. It was just that you ever done it. Yeah. And well, the like, idea is like the future will still happen. How many times did you see yourself? What? Do you know what I mean? Wait, wait a minute. Because I'm saying is the future will still happen regardless of what we do. Because it might delay it for a bit or it might yeah. change it. Because they basically like Skynet doesn't exist in that world. It's yeah. something else. It's yeah. like which is mosaic not, or something. Aye, which is like Morpheus or something like that. Aye. That's um, absolutely bonkers. I think Diego, Gabriel Diego Luna. Gabriel Luna is kind of crying for Robert Patrick. Yeah. Kind of thing, yeah. But never has a charm of Robert Patrick. Yeah. Or even sort of, or even not the charm, sorry, just the terror that Robert Patrick has. Robert Patrick, he was relentless, wasn't he? And you uh-huh. could see that, you know, he just had this sleek, yeah. you know, just. The fact you ever, you ever see Robert Patrick breathe in that entire film? Yeah. 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 Or blink at any point? That yeah. makes it really amazing. 
Mm. Um, and also, what really annoyed me about it is seeing T2, you've got that great scene with Arnie and Edward Furlong at the, the, the phone box. And in that 30 seconds, Arnie explains exactly what the T1000 is. Yeah. It's liquid metal, it can make strawberry metal, it can't make a bomb. Yeah. And that's it, we know what character is. Yeah. I had no idea what the, what this Terminator what its power set was. Yeah. Because it can basically split apart from the exoskeleton into the liquid. But yeah. I never really said, like, if he killed the exoskeleton, does that mean the liquid one's yeah. dead? Is the liquid one, did they need to go back? Do they need Why to go back? didn't it have a head? Oh. Full head, do you know what I mean? Do they need um, to go back together at any point? Yeah. Could they just sort of basically, could, they, could they pursue it independently of each other? How many can he make? Uh-huh. Two, three. It never really explained like, the rules of that character. I'm thinking, yeah. you need to explain yeah. what they can, can and can't do. Yeah. You know, and that, that can annoy me a little yeah. bit. CGI? Time's ropey. At times very, yeah. yeah. Considering the budget in this yeah. movie, which Still the stuff on the plane. Uh, yeah, and the fire as well. Yeah. Uh, the fire again. Why can't they just do fire eight? Do you know what? Yeah. Just bunch it. Fuck it. Just well, bunch it. Well, that's what's amazing. <coughs> T2 has got a lot of special effects in it. Yeah. But a lot of special effects are practical special effects. Yeah. They blew up shit. Yeah. They, they smashed trucks over bridges. They chased things down a ring. Yeah. They did model work and stuff yeah. like that, and it's all that kind of thing. There is obviously CGI when it comes to like the sort of the liquid metal stuff and that thing. That's CGI, but so much of that film is practical effects, yeah. and that makes a massive difference. You totally. watch it on TV. Totally, you know, I you think so it. as well. Yeah. But even the CGI ness with the liquid stuff, I mean, it is better because you know it's however many years on, and yeah. fucking CGI has improved a lot. But it's not a big, huge leap. And also, you know it, what it mean? felt it's less real to me. Yeah, and that's the thing. Maybe it's too slick. Possibly, yeah. No, I get you. Get you, times, you, you, you feel like, you know, you're, this is this is just badly done CGI times, yes. um, which was a real shame. But, they say, uh, yeah, it, it was nice to see some nods. Some of the nods were a bit heavier, like Arnie's line, do you know what I mean? Um, I won't be back. Yeah, that. Yeah. The bit with the glasses, I thought was a bit heavy-handed as well. Yeah, give me your clothes, even that, when she lands and she's yeah. like, you know, eyeing the weapons. It, it's like you say, it's like everything that's in the other movies. There's nothing original, and that's nothing annoying. Nothing at all, yeah. yeah which um, is a shame, because... I think the universe that Cameron's created where he gives you wee glimpses of yeah. the future. Well, see, thing, this is what annoys me about it as well. I think Terminator films are the best when you don't see the future. You might see a glimpse of it, yeah. just a truck rolling by over skulls. Yeah. You see something in the sky, you see yeah. five minutes at most. You don't see, they, they, they've all sex of this film that were set in the future. And I'm like, I'm bored, I don't care. Yeah. I'm not interested in this. I'd much rather see that your mind take up the idea of what happens. Like T, T1 and T2. You don't see much in the future. Oh, maybe like John walking down like a. Is it like he's sort of walking down a. Yeah, but a dog's barking and uh-huh. stuff here. Yeah. That's yeah. what you see. You don't that's see the real world. He's but he's created this world that he gives you a wee glimpse of. Uh-huh. Why the fuck are you doing this film? Why, well, I know he never did it, but why is he letting this film get made that is basically just lazy rehash of the other two films where you've got this fucking yeah. massive universe to. to <laughs> also, right, this really annoyed me. So when it flashed forward to the future and. The, the John Connor character saves her from uh-huh. getting raped, killed, and all yeah. that. Age difference. Different ma- Jesus Christ, right. man! You look younger now than you, you did. did yeah. yeah, that that kind of really took me out of the picture. That Aye, I was improper. They, they should have cast I someone would... else in the role. Yeah, putting on the role made no sense. Aye, totally. You know, just, she just looked younger than she. That kind of really jarred me. Um, I took Aiden to see it, and he really enjoyed it. He Fair enough. He like, I don't think he's got as much exposure to Terminator movies as you and I, and he's yeah. done, had the same passion, so he probably viewed it more impartially and enjoyed it probably yeah. more for that. But um, he's like a 17-year-old teenager in it. I mean, first, if I saw that as a 17-year-old, I might have enjoyed it a lot more. Because yeah. um, I think T2 is my favourite horror action, so the favourite action movie of the last 30 years, apart from Mad Max. Seems to be a big problem just now is trying to recake Glory and just, you know... Just make, remaking what they think we want. We don't. Yeah. We don't. I, I, I'd much rather see originality. Then. I'd rather yeah. leave T1 and T2 alone. Make the original movie. Yeah, absolutely. And this would have been great as as that, but unfortunately, the side was turning out film, and I give it a six out of ten. Six and a half. Yeah. yeah. So it's a bit of a light, but it also has a bit in it. Yeah. 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 Um, one you've not seen, but I'll be very quick on it. But one that you want to see is Sorry We Missed You, directed by Ken Loach. Oh, yeah, right, okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah, regretted I, Daniel Blake from a couple of years ago, Kez, Jimmy's Hall, One That Shakes the Barley. So this is a good old slapstick, this is a funny one, ceiling yeah. comedy, then. Yep. <laughs> um, so the plot of this one is basically following guys who are on zero, a guy who's a family who's a, the, the dad's on the zero contract. So, you know, it's, you know, he basically, yeah, he works for like a delivery company, sort of like an yeah. Amazon type thing. Yeah, yeah. And the idea is like, you know, he buys a van, but he, he works for them, he doesn't actually work for them, he's not employed by them, he's, yeah. like, he's, a, you know, he's an independent contractor, so he's got to work like from 6am to like 9pm, and 
the mother is like a, is a home help nurse, she goes out and helps at the, at the houses. Um, she's on a time clock as well, you know, you can only spend so much rest time and, and they're called out for like to do work that's not on your paycheck and that kind of stuff. At the same time, you have the kids who obviously get left at home a lot by themselves. You've one, the boys acting out and you sort of get involved in a gang. You have the young girl who's trying to keep it on the rails, she's only 11 years old, she still wants to keep the family together. But, but ultimately, as you've probably dealt with yourself, there's only so many hours in the day. Parents are coming home absolutely exhausted, falling yeah. asleep so they can't, yeah. can't be with their children and you see that it's just seen the family dynamic fall apart. So it's not it's not a true story of this one particular family, but it is a true story of millions. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's it's what everyone's kinda of going through to work at a certain level and yeah. we we all deal with pretty much, you know, yeah. when you're living almost paycheck to paycheck yeah. and that kind of thing. So you've got a flip by the pivot and uh and uh Newcomer, newcomer yeah, cast. he's always got very much. Kind of so the, yeah. the guy called Chris Hitchens, he plays the dad. Debbie Honeywood plays the mum. Reece Stone plays the the, the, the son, and you Katie Proctor plays the daughter, and Ross Brewster plays the boss at the depot, who's in it quite a bit. So, like I said, none of them live in anything. A couple of TV episodes and things like yeah, that, never yeah. nothing like, of this level before. Um, it is, like you said, the usual brand of Loach social realism. So it's. Yeah. Almost feels very um, sort of improv. Almost, you can, you can see actors like they are sort of um, quite newbies. You can see them stumbling over lines sometimes, and they try to get it out, and, you can see, and it adds something to it. I, I think that gives depth to Lucy's films. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Done with Daniel Blake as well. You know, there was no names in there, yeah. and you kind of get real people from it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. and that's what he plays himself. Mm-hmm. Able to capture essentially real life. Yeah, um, so it's life as it is. It's not very sugar-coated. It's sort of dealing with the fact that yeah. you know, this is what life is. Sometimes. What so? What's it? I mean, I, Daniel Blake was attacking the benefit system. Is this attacking the, the zero hour contract? Yeah, it's, it's, is it's, this going for that jugular? Yeah. It, it's basically you know, saying that, like, you know, it's a family who they were going to buy their own house 10 years before the Northern Rock crash, so now they're mm. living job to job, paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. Um, and now they're renting. And now that they're renting, they're basically stuck in that cycle of never able to afford what they want to do. Yeah. And they're just trying to hold themselves. They're almost. They're, they're living to work as yeah. opposed to working to live. Yeah, you know, yeah, that, yeah. And again, we all recognise that. We've all been through yeah. life and we're like that, you know. Every fucking day. Every, <laughs> so you see that in the, in, in the family. So that's what it's attacking how this culture of, like, you know, the time clock and, you know, you've got 500 parcels delivered today and you have, you've only got like, two minutes to get away, two minutes to get a parcel from there to the door. I don't like sure like that. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, have my my, my step going to be stint for them and yeah, it is, you know, you've got to be here at this time with this parcel and yeah. then if you don't, you fall behind and if you're two hours behind, tough. Yeah. You fucking uh, work that two hours. You, there's bits of film when something it. bad happens and the boss on the phone to him and he's like, so what's happening with the rest of the parcels? And he's like, I'm in the hospital right now. And he's like, yeah. mm-hmm. But it passes, like, if you have to deliver, you really find 10 bucks a day for yeah. each parcel to deliver. If you don't turn up for your job, even though you're an independent contractor, it's like, well, who's delivering your job? Yeah. Like, well, I don't work for you, but it's like, well, no, we rely on you. They pay you to work. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, so it's, it, yeah, it is all too real. It's, yeah. it's horrible because yeah. you, you can, like you say, like, everyone can relate to that struggle. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I just fucking think day to day sometimes, yeah. do you know what I mean? Just making it through to the next kind of day, and it's um, horrible. So, in the same sense that, Always from you see you don't there's no real beginning, middle, and end. Mm. You're dropped into the world at the start of something. Yeah. You see this guy, and then you see him progress. But the ending doesn't end definitively. Like it's not like there's some great resolution. You see what this. You basically end at the point you go, ah oh, fuck, that's that. You, you know what the ending is, and you're like, oh shit, that's, I, I know what you've got to do now. Yeah, yeah. And that's the horrible thing about it. But you know, the next day will be exactly the same. Yeah. The next day, and you'll get further and further into trouble. Um, I know the the zero hour contract. That that was. Kind of a government focus quite recently. I yeah. don't know if they were trying to scrap or looking at scrapping it or regulating it better, but I know it was, you know, in the kind of the news and stuff like you know, that. As much as that, our job can quite suck, we are relatively lucky that we get paid a wage, a yeah. salary for working 30 hours a week, yeah, yeah, yeah. as opposed to having to work, you know, 60 hours a week to make the same money. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and absolutely. we get time off, we get paid time off. If we're yeah. off sick, we get paid for it. If we're off at all, do we get paid yeah. for it? We don't have to, you know, beg and straight for that. So, in a way, we are particularly lucky we see. How this world works, you know. Bless you, because I know. Did you see this as well, Joe? No. So, cast are all good. Um, there's a difference of the am dramas about it, which I think added to it time, also away for a little bit of time. Yeah. So, you've got to make something a bit cringy, but not, not a bad one. You can sense they're not real, not proper actors, it's the wrong word to use, but you know, they're not professional in the same way that, you know, watching yeah. Tom Cruise do it is. Yeah. Um, Inclusion, gut punch, 
the only thing I'll say about it that I did bit of like was it felt a little bit heavy-handed in the sense of like it, it, it was showing the worst moments of the worst moments and to, to try and ram it home. There was no no lightness at all. No, not not at all. No, no, not, not really. They did one moment the family of a nice moment together, but yeah. that was it. It felt very much like every day's awakening misery and. I get it. Sometimes days, every day, everybody these tough days, but everybody had a bit of lightness now and again. I think. Yeah, I'd, yeah. Like to, I'd like to hope and think anyway. Yeah, yeah. So that was one thing about it was a little bit too heavy-handed things, but the message you try to get across maybe needs that heavy-handed. The same way I think of late was at times. You know, it needed that heavy, heavy-handedness to try and go. This is a real issue. I mean, but that at it. had the lightness of the character because he yes. was quite funny. Had a the, lot uh, of the main character was just not quite as yeah, enjoyable yeah, to watch. Yeah, yeah. I do want to see it. Um, yeah. probably for punishment because um, we both did watch Daniel Blake and they do you come out you know feeling like you've you know you've went 15 rounds yeah definitely really drains you emotionally yeah. um, Daniel Blake was the same so yeah I'd like to but it's not going to stick around for long is it I think it's still next week <coughs> so this week might see we are recording this quite early so you might still cool. get to see it this week cool um, but I'll give it 7 out of 10 cool so very solid Excellent. Yep. On to next, we're on to Doctor Sleep. Right. I've not, no spoilers. No spoilers I'm desperate okay. to see this. Desperate to see it. So, so that's I got a King fan. So yes. Doctor Sleep, directed by Mike Flanagan, who directed Hush and Oculus. Oh, Oculus and is great. Also, um, Gerald's Game. You like that a lot more than me. Yeah. Yeah. And also the Haunting of Hill House. Oh. Which I really liked a lot. Did he do all of them? He did all of them, yeah. Did he? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Even that, really, that cool one-shot one, remember? Yeah, yeah. In the funeral home? Yeah, yeah. The film is, it's a sequel to The Shining. It's following a young, uh, an older Danny, uh, Danny Torrance, who is now grown up. He's, he's still got The Shining. Yeah. Uh, but he's basically, because of his past experiences, he's an alcoholic. He reaches rock bottom and he moves to a small town and he becomes an orderly in a hospital. Where he can send people when he dies, he basically talks them into their death. Right. So he becomes Doctor Sleep because he's. Ah, right, uh, okay. Right. So from. The, the main control, yeah. At the same time, there's something called, I think called the, the True North, who are like sort of cult, yeah. who are like sort of kind of supernatural beings who essentially suck the life out of people who have got the shining yeah. and suck the power out of them. And they are hunting people who have got the shining. Um, they miss Danny somehow because he sort of quelled it down and pushed it down. There's a young girl who is. Very powerful that her and her and, her and Danny have a connection. Essentially, it's Danny trying to save her and try to also stop the true off from happening. Sounds good. Okay. Yes. Um, in the film, Hugh McGregor plays Danny Torrance. Yes, how charming is Hugh McGregor? There's a couple of moments in Danny, you can go, I can see that Hugh McGregor as the son of Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson? Yeah, yeah, there's a couple of moments. Um, Rebecca Ferguson plays Rose of the Rose Hat, the hat yeah. who is the baddie in it and is fucking phenomenal. Uh, we've got Kayleigh Curran, who plays the young girl, who's also very good in it. Um, Cliff Curtis plays Ewan McGregor's best friend in it, and also Jacob Tremblay, little boy from the room. Oh, right, okay. He turned up as a victim. Oh, okay, and, as a victim. What a victim. Oh, hey, um, okay. Yeah, trust me, it will, will change you. Um, <laughs> it's a really enjoyable horror thriller. It's not a horror. It's definitely not a horror. There's, there's horrific moments in it. Shining's not a horror. No, not really. I, I would say. The Shining book is. More so, not yeah, yeah, more so, but yeah, the, the, the kind of film isn't it at all. Yeah, no, yeah. but this is definitely not a horror as a thriller. Yeah. In fact, I probably say there's more horror in the shining there is in this. Yeah, yeah. Um, it does pay homage to Kubrick. Yeah, um, but it's at best when it's on its own terms, um, because particularly the opening ten minutes, I was really not down with. There's a character in it, but it's two characters in it who you and I, you see you either. I, I don't think you'll like them either. I think you'll be angry at it as well. Yeah. I get essential. You'll not like it. No. Yeah. Um, and I didn't. I just thought, why you do that? You didn't need to do it. You could have done it a different way. You didn't have to force that. In. I'm intrigued now. Yeah. Um, so I didn't really like the opening. I thought it was, and also it was unnecessarily pandering to, to the shiny audience. Which what this film does do a really good job of is because it's been well documented. Like it's a plotline in Ready Player One. Stephen King hated The Shining, the, the movie. The movie, yeah, yeah, because the focus was never on Danny and The Shining. Oh. Because they don't, when you watch The, the, the Shining, the they don't talk about The Shining's like such a. I think it's all yeah. about Danny and the Yeah, So he's never been a, 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 he's never been shy in saying he hates that film. And so much when he made his own version of it, like a TV movie. Like, That's right, yeah. In the yeah. late 90s, I think. Where like Rebecca the Mummy? Yes, yeah. Um, but what it, so what it does do is it, it acts as a film that is a, that is a sequel to The Shining, but not really a sequel. It's all really got the same characters and they go to a couple of locations the same. But it's more of a Doctor Sleep adaptation. Right. So as I keep both sets of fans 
I would say appeased, but I think Shining fans would be more unhappy because of what they do with some of the stuff. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, best thing about it is Rebecca Ferguson, who we've talked about off yeah, who we're going to have Absolutely. Everything she does is just so much. So, well, in yeah. this, she's generally the scariest king villain I've seen this year. Wow. I've probably seen the last like, three or four years because yeah. she is just. She's that sense of malice and just sort of like, oh, you are a bad bitch. Like, and I can tell what you're doing is mean, and you're doing it for not very nice reasons, and you're, you're just an evil woman. Yeah. Yeah. And, oh, well. Cool. But, but also, there's, there's a when there's bits in which you sort of you see a weakness in her, which is sort of, and you see her sort of snap out and, and sort of attack because of her weakness, and that's even more scary. Yeah. So yeah, so she's really good in this film. Oh. Really good. She's probably the best thing. Best thing in the film. That long way. Wow. Um, it does like the horror elements. We just said, people going to think it's been sold as a horror because it's like a shit. Yeah. I think a lot of people think The Shining is a horror, like you said, it's I not. I know, which is, yeah, they've always kind of thought that it's, it's not, you know, it's not meant to be a horror. Right, but it's sold as a horror. It's sold in the horror section of it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, the finale does go a lot more Shining with it, like the TV, like the movie. Yeah. And again, I thought it was weak, it was stronger when it's on its own terms, not trying to be nodding to the original. Do you think again it's that nostalgia thing is playing to that audience and it's like, oh you recognise this building? It's like, yeah, I, I, I get it. Yeah, we know. We, we know we know what it we is. Know, we know what it is. Oh, um, you zoom in on the axe, like I know, alright, okay, that an axe is a big role in the shining. Reading reviews, um, what, what I'm reading a lot is it seems to be he gets King's material. Yes, you know, very much this so. is what I'm getting from, is he in the same way that Darabont gets it? Yes. This is this guy. Darabont tends to get the non horror material. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy understands the source material, yeah. he understands the characters in it yeah. and he's you know he's brought them to life as King would have <coughs> yeah even the haunting of Hill House is not a King story yeah that feels very Stephen King you watch yeah it. it does at times yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. so yeah he definitely knows and maybe you watch Hush like Hush is a great film it's one of the I've not seen the that girl who's watch it. girl who's yeah. Yeah. yeah that is terrifying and it yeah. does feel very Stephen King-esque so no I dug it I liked it a lot it's two and a half hours long it does it does it doesn't feel like that when you first watch it. I think if you watch it again, it might drag a little bit. Yeah. First time watching it, I was properly engaged with it. Once I got by the first 10 minutes, but it needed to recover what it done in the first 10 minutes, <laughs> I was pissed off. Uh, once it brought that back quite quickly, I was, I was on board with it. It got me totally into the best first 10 minutes. It, probably, it, it may not bother you as much as it bothered me, yeah. but it bothered me what it did with it. Right, okay. okay so when you see you go, maybe see what you think annoyed me. I will see it by next podcast, because yeah. uh, this is the one that I want to see. This yeah. is like... You've got a bigger King fan. Yeah, I've read yeah. a lot of King recently. I just finished. I finished recently. I finished. Finished Kujo. Kujo's good. Great Great film and the book. Book's Film's a great book. I really enjoyed the book. Yeah. The, the book's a lot more depth to it with the whole like, happy girl having the affair and like, the guy. That's the, the one that Kujo can't remember writing, isn't it? He has no recollection oh, of writing Kujo. He's um, apparently high precarious. Ah, he's just, he's no memory of it. He's like. He woke up and it was in a drawer and he's like, ah, what's this book I've written? Which, there's a lot of drugs, Mr. King. Yeah. Fucking hell. And there's a couple books he's done on drugs that he can't remember writing. Also read recently Running Man. Oh! So it's when you read it, you think you've seen the movie, you've you read not. the book, and you're like, "Oh shit, that's totally not at all movie. like the fucking film." Yeah, yeah. it's completely, completely different. different. Yeah. Completely different film. Yeah, um, for the book film. Sorry, yeah. I got up on the fair, but I, I love the film. Yeah, I adore the film. I just love the big film. The books, there's a realism to the book. Yeah, to, you know, you can imagine, you know, someone getting chased through Glasgow. Yeah, and that that scenario. I mean, whereas with the film, it's you know, it's a whole fantasy. It's a game. Yeah. I call a game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Game um, totally, totally different. Um, you need to do the long walk. I'm going to get that next. Yeah. The in the movie soon. I know you were saying. Um, the guy who yeah. did it, I think. Oh, the new cool, it. Cool. Yeah. Um, get if you get the Batman books, that's got the four short stories yeah. in one. It's got um, Rage is in that as well, which is another one of my favourites. Okay. Rage is one where the, the boy does a Jeremy, and I'm getting a shot off the lights. Is that the shooting one? That's yeah. Fu- uh, that's yeah. one he wanted to publish, and he wanted to destroy. Um, yeah, but it's, it's a really, really good route. Yeah, that, yeah. that and all walk are just stunning. I'm intrigued by the long walk. Yeah. Why the long walk? Cool. Um, Got the sleeve out of 10, 7.5 out of 10. Cool. Uh, and again, if we're kind of judging it as a horror <laughs> movie. Yeah. For a horror movie, seven and a half is built. I'm only knocking a couple of points off because of the 10 minute opening. That's what I'm It's really about well jumping. It's not it's annoying me. It really did. I didn't like it. It felt it's unnecessary. And, uh, anyway. Fucking hell. I know. Annoyed me. Anyway, Abominable, the next film we're watching. Ah, ah the, the, the strange westernised Chinese version of it, yeah. Yes. Great uh, yeah. by Jill Coulton, who directed Open Season, who is also a writer on Monsters Inc. So, good luck for that. And the plot of this film is that a Yeti escapes into, I want to say Taiwan, I think it is. Oh, is it not China? No, because they go to China. Right. Um, so, they go to Ch- so Yeti gets discovered by a girl. She then 
takes it back to China and they're trying to put it back to taking it back home. It's okay. a fairly normal essential for Yeti. For a Yeti? Yeah. But it's a magic Yeti, isn't it? Very much so, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and if we, Chloe Bennett, who's ultimately just a shield, she's um, playing the main character, not the Yeti, the girl. And you've got Albert Hazai, who is playing, like, sort of, he's a Disney kid playing in it. And you've also got a guy who I didn't know this until I grew up in it, a guy called Tenzin Norgate Trainer. is playing the sort of, the pretty boy in it. He is the grandson of Tenzin Norgate. The Sherpa. The guy who climbed Everest the first yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's his grandson playing this role. Oh, cool. This is really cool. I thought that's fucking amazing. That is, it's a, yeah. And it's apt as well. It's apt as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also Eddie Azar plays a baddie. Or, ah. or possible baddie. Not all. Okay. Um, this is it's very bright. It's lovely animation. It's very much in the spirit of um, How to Train Your Dragon. Same right. shade done it, so it's very much in that in that vein. Right. Okay. Um, not a lot for the older kids and adults. It's, it's sort of very kid friendly, right. and it aims at that audience. To that point, a lot of the plot points and a lot of the way they out of situations is all like, how can we get out of this situation? Oh, we've got a magical yeti. Yeah, there you go. There you go, that's it. And you felt like, well, the magical yeti can get you from here to there and then you have to keep walking for the next final day. Why can't you make you go from there to there in the first place, you know? So, that kind of thing. A question a 10-year-old would never ask themselves. Yeah, but a 33-year-old man sitting there watching a Sunday afternoon will question that, you know? When I saw the cinema, it was myself plus about nine dads with a kid, so it almost looked like the fourth parents night out, you know? the kids all seemed engaged, none of the kids seemed to like sort of get up and walk away and run cool. talking and stuff, so the kids seemed to really enjoy it, but there wasn't that much there for, for myself. Yeah. I, I felt a bit, not let down by it, but I felt like, uh, How Can Your Dragon, who's of the same studio, I enjoy that film. I yeah. think it's a great and well done film. All three of them are actually are excellent. There's a lot there for everyone. Yeah. It's a family film, this is definitely a kids film. I feel Just like. either. Yeah. It's the same because it, it kind of almost sells it as more studio gimli at times. I think they sold it more as um, Kubo and the Two Strings. Yeah, yeah, which is a bit more adult, and you do think you know, that there's going to be substance here, but yeah. yes, I'm, I'm saddened to hear yeah. that there isn't really. It is just. Like, think of your kids, on. I think. Aidan won't like it. Yeah. Too old for him. But. Yeah. Caleb. Caleb, how's Caleb now? He's nine, so. I think he'd be alright. Yeah, yeah. he'd be okay. Kira would be the one to get it, another one. Aye. Some middle child film. Aye, yeah. How's the animation? Animation's amazing. It yeah. looks stunning. It looks beautiful. beautiful. It looks beautiful, yeah. it's stunning, it's, it's brilliantly done and no problem for that. Just I wanted more story around it to make it more interesting. It's a shame because there's a story there. Yeah, it as well. yeah. I mean, it's oh. the third Yeti movie in the past year. Yeah, he's a big just now. I don't know why. But yeah, he's a big. Yeah. There you go. Yep. Um, yeah, the Yetis are big as well. Yeah, they're big. Well, the Yetis are big. They're big, big business. So, out of 10, 5.5. 5.5. Oh, 5 oh that's, I guess that's all right. For a kids' movie, yeah. Kids will love it, parents, not so much. Kids will be a lot less there for parents to enjoy. Yeah. yeah. I think Adam's Family might have more for adults to watch yeah. than the new Adam's Family. Yeah, I'm not seeing it yet. I quite fancy that as well. Yeah, it's still out. It's getting actually more screenings this week than it did last week. I guess getting good reviews though, so I yeah, think it's one of these ones that's going to build on. Really solid, yeah, so maybe try and see that next week. Reviews, yeah. um, but out new next week, which we're trying to go and see, is number one in Midway. With Ed Screen, is it Screen or Screen? Screen, I think yeah. it is. Yeah. Um, which looks like, I mean, it looks like a game of like, Medal of Honor cutscenes. Yeah. Is it not? Who's directing it? It's a big name director, isn't it? No, Dean Devlin's producing it, I think. Right. Or Roland Emmerich producing it, one of the two. Uh, yeah, Emmerich's producing Emmerich it. Emmerich is producing it. Right. So that's a big name, big though, name. do you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I'm not entirely convinced by it. No, it looks very dodgy CGI. It looks almost the level of like sort of like made for TV movie. And, and he looks very whole faced and Yes, it yeah. looks like a very with a lot of flags fluttering in the wind and sort yeah. of slow motion yeah. in America. Yeah. So that's now. You've also got the aeronauts. Which I'm not You're not big on. I don't think I'm gonna go and see it. I think it looks really pretty. It's yeah. about um, sort of um, people got balloons and <coughs> it's not how weather worked back in like, the 18th century in Paris, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, looks apparently factually incorrect, but of course, looks beautiful. Yeah, um, um, I think it's getting quite big IMAX releases. Yeah, that means what the advanced preview for cinema was in the IMAX rather than the normal screen, ah, okay. which is unusual. And it's uh, Red, Red Man, Man and Felicity Jones back yes. together again. Um, After winning an Oscar for. Um, of everything. Yeah. 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 I, like so that, I do like Fussy Jones. I, I like her a lot, but. I'm Red, not going to be No, we no, no. both not on that. And I yet. think this song looks like fucking paint drying, to be honest. I think it was like gravity with a balloon. But not as much fun. Okay. okay. Gravity wasn't fun. I'll try to see it this week. <laughs> uh, you've got a Scottish film out called Convergence, 
which I've seen a trailer for, and I'm like, this looks dreadful. I have been, let's see, I have went and seen a few of these recently, yeah. as you know. You've been stung, sir. I've been stung heavily. Yes. And I don't think I've been stung quite the same way we are for Wolf. Oh, was it called Wolf? Yeah. Yeah, Wolf. It won't be strong as badly as that, but it doesn't look great. I think they more the label like Isolani, and that one was out. Yeah. Maybe more than that. They yeah. just not. It's like the trailers, one of those weird trailers where you watch it and you really don't know anything about it. You're yeah, like, I don't, you're the, I don't even understand what genre it's in. But it also doesn't <coughs> tell you anything like, has this been made for like 50 bucks or 50 million? Yeah, you don't, yeah, yeah, yeah you don't know. It's a few, like, few lines of dialogue you hear me think that's really shortly done, but then. Scottish accent, yeah. quite shortly done anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, we've also got one called Lucy, Luke or Luci. It's all about a, it's um, Tim Roth and oh, I can't remember their name now. They're raising a kid who's going to high school, basically write something in an essay that seems to be sort of like you know out you know to end up shooting up a school, open up a school, and he's sort of saying no, just you have to write in a certain character, and I wrote as that character. But the guy that sort of goes against him and starts to basically quit school and sort of basically goes and pushes him and pushes him. That sounds intriguing. Yeah, um, it's a girl, woman from Ma, who plays the guy's teacher. Right. And the only watch is a mother. Yeah. Okay. And it's right. So they're a white couple raising an African child. Right. Okay. And so I did like, so has he been judged because of the colour of his skin? Yeah. Had he been judged, you know, who he is? Why can he be, when he's perfect, everyone loves him, he makes one sort of. You're down with spiral. It's, 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 it's sort of, it has a lot of like, like that film. Could always be was it My Name is Kevin or Make Me Talk About Kevin. Yeah. yeah. Almost as that theme, but maybe not that theme. So not as dark, maybe. Yeah. yeah so looks, um, good cast as well. Good cast. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it's out. It looks really worth watching. And also The Good Liar is out as well. Who's in that? Helen Mirren, Ian McKellen. Oh. They meet on a date, sort of like a, almost like an uh, over 60s Tinder. Right. And then you get a sense there's a, I think from what I got the trailer, she's got money, he's a con artist. This is Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, isn't Kinda. it? Kinda. Yeah. But there's a lot more to it, because it's almost like, almost like he's conning her, but she's also conning him in some weird way. Right, okay. So it looks, oh, for hell of a minute. Yeah, it'll be well acted regardless. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You could sit and read out a conflict box yeah. and it would be... The trailer be... looks like it is sort of, it's very much a sort of, a twisty, turny thriller with a lot of sort of like, Red herrings and sort of dead ends and okay. It looks great. Intrigued. Yeah, that's yeah. how it was. So I will catch some of them for, for <laughs> our next. Catch some, all of none of them. Our next gossiping. Yeah. Usual haunt. Three beers in the movie at Gmail, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So give us your thoughts and let us know how we're doing. I've been Colin. You've been Richard, and we've been three beers in a movie.